What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and I thank you for joining me on this sweet, sweet day of April 17th. I almost said 18th. 17th. My days are all over the place ever since just being on call and working from home and not really... I'm, I'm everywhere. It's crazy. It's snowing outside, and it's we're supposed to be getting like six inches of snow. <laughs> this is so insane. This is such a weird year so far. I'm going crazy. I love my family, but I would be driving myself insane. I can't imagine how I'm affecting them because I feel like I'm going insane. So I must be driving them nuts. Oh, man, so much love, so much love. I hope everybody out there is doing well. I'm drinking my ginseng tea with some a uh, little bit of honey added in there. Um, but yeah, so uh, this episode, I would like to start off uh, by giving a giant thank you and shout out to the first responders, uh, to medical staff, to grocery sho- uh, grocery store workers. Uh, to anybody out there that has a position where they're they're putting themselves at risk and for the the better good of the community, for humanity, for uh, the public in general, I I tip my hat and I really, really appreciate everybody putting their necks on the line. And, um, you know, my, my mother's a phlebotomist, so she is one of the ones that comes in contact first with some of the patients out there and and um, you know, I'd hate to see anything happen to her. So I so much respect to her for for just wrangling this whole thing. And she's low staff. She has people quitting on her. She has, it's just insane in the, in the medical field right now. So so everybody out there, uh, please give a giant uh, air high five and hug to uh, anybody that you know that is working in any of those fields, whether it be medical, whether it be out in a store. Um, or, or anything keeping things going. It is greatly appreciated. Make sure you support your loved ones and your neighbors. Help out. Now more than ever is a great time to become neighborly, to reach out to distant relatives or loved ones, let them know that, you, that you're here, that you, that you are here for them, um, especially the older generations. And also support your small businesses in your neighborhoods and around your towns and your cities. And uh, buy local. Keep them up and going because they're also the ones that are getting hurt. Uh, there's obviously a lot of people laid off, and it, but at the same time, on a different level, you know, somebody has hired those people who cannot afford that anymore, and well, maybe not afford it, but they're just forced to to lay those people off or, and and not be open. So in some way or another, make sure you try to support small business and, and keep the ball rolling. Um, just in, in, in anything in general that has been affected uh, by these crazy times that we're going through at the moment. But um, but like everybody's saying, stay strong. We're in this together. I mean, we're always in this together, no matter what I feel. Everything that we're going through, everybody's in it together. Um, even though sometimes it might feel isolating. We're, we're all here, man. We've all experienced something um, very similar in one way or another. And we... We're, we're here to help each other out and get through uh, tough times like this. I know paintball fields are taking a big toll right now. So um, 
I know as soon as the, the weather warms up and is, uh, well, at least in the Midwest, as the weather warms up and, you know, businesses start opening, make sure we head over to our local paintball fields and, uh, and start supporting them and uh, shaking, off so, sh- shaking off the rust, getting back out there and uh, handling business. So, again, thank you so much, first responders and everybody out there who are doing your part and uh, all the businesses that are marked essential, that are staying open, that are risking a lot. So, greatly appreciated. That's all I have in the beginning. So, let's jump into it. Our podcast, uh, this episode is with LJ Woodley. Uh, He has played on former teams such as Aftershock. He's played on Heat. Uh, He is currently on San Antonio X Factor. This kid's a weapon, man. He's You've seen him play up the center all the time. Uh, he likes to weave in and out and weave his way through the middle of the field, finding gaps. He is a, uh, a great weapon to have on the field. He's constantly learning, constantly evolving, and I think he has become a great asset to the San Antonio X-Factor of today. And um, he's a great kid, has so much potential. I mean, he's, he's already a... Uh, a product of I want to say great experience uh, accumulation if that makes sense he's had a lot of mentors uh, to kind of put him in the spot as well as uh, you know just potential talent and skill and putting it to work so uh, yeah he's doing he's doing really well for himself and I'm glad to see he's on a team that is doing well and uh, and yeah it was good to hear from him so yeah, without further ado, here is the podcast with LJ Woodley. The quarantine and all that with the kids. That's the thing. It's, I love it, but at the same time, you realize that how tough it really is just having to, you know, with my son, he's supposed to be in school, you know, so we get a little break there. And then like, I, I get more of a sense of kind of where... Uh, my wife is why she's like nuts half the time whenever I get home from work because the the little kids are crazy. I mean, yeah. it just it, it is what it is. Yeah. So that's good though. I'm glad. Like I'm sure that she's glad that you get to see really what's going on on the other end. So then you yeah. can appreciate her more and whatever it may be to help her out, right? No, absolutely. It's yeah. Dude, being a stay a staying home parent is by far. I, I, I would just go nuts. <laughs> I know, I know. Like I was like, oh, you know, you know, I could, I could see myself doing that and this, which I can, but I, I guess I just underestimated, like, their neediness. If that makes me sound like a terrible parent, but it, it's like you, it's a, it's a little kid, of course not, dude. It, well, it's, <laughs> it's so nuts because like once, you, and if you have a child, you'll kind of realize this, like how dependent they really are, yeah, on us. Yeah, it's as, amazing. Yeah, as adults, teachers, mentors, uh, right. uh, decision makers. It's just, right. it's it's so interesting. And it's really cool, though, because you kind of, as time passes and they learn lessons and they you see them start making decisions based on choices that they have that you have put them in and kind of guided them in. It's, it's so, it's awesome, though. It, it's It's so worth it in the end. Of course. Yeah. That's amazing to see like kind of everything that you embed into them. They implement it into their own lives and they like learn from it and you see, you get to see them and just like, okay, they're going to make that choice. Right. Cause you got to let them do it. And then yeah. they'll make 
choice that you guided them to do. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't wait. That's that's something I'm definitely envious of, but not necessarily right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's right now. Yeah. yeah. So we, which you have been completely crazy because you actually work in uh, in this industry in a way. Yes, in the industry. What do you mean industry? Well, I guess industry of international affairs. Correct. Yes, I've been doing this for a while now. So this is something. This isn't something new, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Of course, we've shifted a lot of our focus into uh, bringing a lot of PPE equipment over to the states because of the urgent need, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been a wild, wild ride. It's complete chaos, man. Yeah. Uh, just, just to just give you a general idea just from one story so uh, a buddy of mine works in customs uh, so at the you know at the port where all these shipments are coming in which is an absolute frenzy of people just literally like a container or an air shipment of these masks for example which is you know the highest commodity it will come into the port say JFK right because that's really the need is the most and there'll be people from other countries you know, all of them from different, you know, brokerages and things like that. And they'll just bid on $24 million like that. Wire the money. And then a lot of people will send it back to the UK or back to Europe because there's a huge need there. And a lot of it's just coming here just from China. So anyways, what I was saying, so this story, my buddy works at the customs and he was telling me that this one shipment came in from Mexico of 3M 1860s. It's the type of mask, right? Mm-hmm. So these are like the best of the best. These are like gold. You cannot find these anywhere. Uh, they're probably marked up 20% if you can find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's bullet holes in a bunch of them and blood on them. Oh my God. Yeah. So just like imagine the bread following the breadcrumbs of how that shipment got there. And it came from, again, Mexico. So you can see. Yeah. <laughs> crazy man so that's just like the beginning of it but oh yeah, yeah. my mm-hmm. uh, my wife and i were kind of talking about this uh the other night we just watched the movie 1917 about i don't know if you've you've seen it i saw it on the old apple tv it's a new oh. movie isn't it yeah it's it's See? about um i think it's about the english in world war one uh when they start when they were fighting the germans but uh, it it like her, like I turned to her after the movie was over, and I go, "We are so lucky to be born in a time in a place of where none of this shit has anything to do with us, where we didn't have to endure anything like that before." We, like what? well, I mean, just having to go to war, be sixteen years old, and be right. and be sent to war, and be put you in these. You have no choice. You have to go. You have to go. Well, the thing is, too, is like um, when people even had a decision to like of whether they wanted to or not. I mean, I'm not even talking about the draft or anything like that, but people volunteered like they wanted to go fight this war. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously some didn't. But 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 the thing is, is like we haven't really had to encounter anything like that. And then also on top of that. I think it was 1912 was um, 
just before that the the World War One started, it was I think it was the black or the bubonic or black plague or something. A, a plague came through, and then um, you hardly have any kind of uh, medication for any of this or. And there was no communication back then. They couldn't tell other countries, "Yo, this is coming." Like they just, there's no way about going. Like it's yeah. even within the country, there was communication, but it was so slow. Yeah. And and everything happens so rapidly um, that the information just lags behind. But you yeah. know, I, I think about like my lifetime and what I've had to endure and do, and um, my kind of trials and tribulations. And it, I, then I think about my grandfather and I think about my great grandmother and then I think about and it's like I so weak I feel compared to the shit that they've had to go through like I even the whole parenting thing that we were just talking about yeah um you know I'm thinking about man what because we use a sound machine whenever we go to sleep and everything and and it helps kids sleep and stay asleep and do all this other like all the little stupid bullshit that like we take for granted now um yeah, even as somebody without kids, like the little things that you have that are just commodities and like oh, nobody yeah. had that shit before. And you think about it, and you're like, how did you how did you pass the time, um, with without the internet or without um, uh, you know, a, a friend who is a phone call away or anything like that? It's it's so isolating feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I can, I just go into my head all the time, and I think about this stuff. I'm like, oh my, I didn't have to do that. Oh, I didn't have to do that. Wow, I'm a big pussy. Wow, I, this is crazy. This is insane. Is that just of lately that you've been thinking like that, or just have you in general? I always get reminded, so I always get knocked down uh, a couple pegs because you always, because I don't constantly think like this. You know what I mean? And I don't think anybody does. I think when you have your AirPods in, you don't Not think constantly. No. Exactly. You know, you don't think about wow, this is really new technology. And, you know, I, we're one of the only generations that have had this before. You know, it's like you, even our conversation now and how we're doing this digitally through the airwaves with it's a so video. Flipped. Yeah. Exactly. No. And, you know, it's it's every once in a while, I don't know if it has to do with um, some uh, some things that I'm taking or what it is or just something comes in my brain makes me help me helps me think about it and become aware yeah. of it. And then yeah. you, you sit down Good. and you think, and you go, wow, that's I think crazy. I think it's just just from knowing you before the podcast and kind of just, I haven't really, you know, got to really spend some t- any time with you since then. Right. So I feel like I've been listening, you know, sp- uh, periodically through your uh, podcast, mm-hmm. but I've listened, like listening more but just about the different types of uh, ways you're consuming content and things like that. And I feel like that has a lot to do with it. I don't know. I mean, just, just the outside looking in, but just kind of just seeing you change is like an adapt and things like that, you know, for the better, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I just, I kind of seen your, like your, you, I've seen you just, your open-mindedness just expand a lot. And, uh, yeah, just thinking differently and things like that. Just, just, just the way you communicate and the way you think, you know, it was never voiced the way that, you know, when we were on the team together for that one season, it was never really like that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is really cool to see, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's it, this so whole that's platform. The type, of, the type of like people I, I like converse with as much as possible, man. I don't want to be talking with, as sad as say, like just the typical American nine to five worker mm-hmm. that goes home, watches sports, drinks beer, and kind of 
doesn't really have those conversations about like outside the box or appreciation or right yeah, like little things like you were just mentioning you know or just ambitious conversations like i just those aren't really my favorite well it's tough too because a lot of that a lot of that is like for me is family members i have a lot of family members yes. like my yes. my worst conversations okay. like not uh-huh. i wouldn't say worst conversations but maybe ones that i kind of it's some of the small talk that starts with like so how's work going you know it's always it, it's some of those things but but kind of what how i think about that is when they and and it's and it's always that whenever i see them like every couple months or so or whenever the big family get-togethers happen why i feel they start with that is because that is what they do all the time and all they think about so that is the first thing that they might think they have in common with you is that nine to five so they they ask you how you do because they might not know your favorite sports team or this or that or kind of what because other other than that it's like work sports sports next and politics yeah right so it's like and those three things those those three things could be detrimental and cancerous to a relationship whether a a friendship a family relationship or something like that if you're not on the same page so i always keep it to a distance of like you know of of maybe an enlightening story that i've heard or or this or that because it's like if you if you toggle with those top three it's so toxic sometimes yeah, absolutely no i completely agree especially with family that are uh older than you like your aunts uncles yeah, yeah. dad's mothers like that's when they are even grandparents there's because they're so stuck in their ways and that's right. that's one that's one trait in people's you know mindset that i could just cannot stand mm-hmm. it's like just to be so stuck in your ways and not to just listen to everything you know like i listen to say if i'm interested if i'm looking at the news for example right i'll hear the crazy lunatics but and then i'll hear you know fox five right yeah. and then you just find that somewhere in the middle i feel like that's where you know that's where it really lies mm-hmm. you know? but, yeah yeah it's so tough too because then you have people. Well, I heard this story on Facebook, or I I seen I heard this uh, from from the internet or something like that. It's like it's something as simple as like there was a picture or something going around that was photoshopped, and um, my wife's grandmother brought it to my wife's attention. Like, can you believe this and this and this? And she's like, "That's photoshop. That's not real. That's photoshopped." And she goes, "Oh, I don't know." I don't know. She goes, all right. But, but, but the thing is, is that like, it, it's not, and I don't think it's that they're hard headed. I don't think it's that it's like, yeah, in a way I think they're set in their ways. But the thing is, is I think that's what they have been told throughout their life of how you should think and how you should work and how you should, how you should operate your life was like, you get this nine to five job, you, you get your pension, you do this, you do that, you, you, okay, well, what else do they do? Okay, well. High school, college, married, married, house. Exactly, exactly. Your house. Staff. You have the, you have friends who are into this sports team and family who are in the sports team. You you are that sports team now, and yeah, you know. Even I, I I think it's still nuts. Like I'm a big Red Wings fan. I say big Red Wings fan, and I could care less whether or not they win or lose. I just Go like ahead. watching hockey, and then like I like yes. I, I and, and thinking about the relationship. Like my father liked the Red Wings, and. I watch them occasionally. Yeah. Does it does it upset me if they lose? No. Does it excite <laughs> me if they win? I mean, a win is exciting. You know what cool. I mean? 
But it's yeah. like, but it has not whether I tune into that or not has not nothing to do with the no. outcome at all, yeah. at no. all. And no. and that, that being sports, being in like this outlet, uh, and I think that's what's hard for me because I enjoy doing that thing. I enjoy doing that sport. I enjoy doing this, and that's why it's so hard for me to watch sports sometimes. Is because I enjoy doing it. I I don't like yeah. watching it because I can't. I can't. Yes. I have nothing to do with the outcome, so it's hard for right. me to get engaged right. into the game, right? Yes. But with but with paintball, I feel like I have such a deep relationship with that game. I truly enjoy. I know the little intricacies of the game, so me watching it, um, and and maybe that's why other people like to watch it. But I don't. But a lot of the people who are the biggest fans didn't go that far in the sport. And you know, know what I'm saying? So, yes. So it's like it's hard to compare that it's like almost apples to oranges but it's hard to compare that to kind of what i've been through and you've been through is we've been at the top so we kind of know the little nuances of everything so Mm -hmm. we i don't know how you are but i enjoy watching the game and i can kind of i like to try and predict like what's going to happen or what's going through somebody's head or kind of watch their body language and and uh it's the same thing playing somebody you know like like if you and i were to play like i would try and learn your tendencies or your your repetitiveness going one place or especially now with the podcast or the, uh, the webcast, you can kind of watch it over and over and go, okay, get this guy loves to go high, low and then fucking peel out to the Dorito side or yes. whatever. So yes. it's like, it's a lot easier that that whole element of like staying back, watching the guy physically or having somebody scout is, is more of a, and I guess it's a double edged sword because now you can do it as a team rather as a team at home in the air conditioning rather right. than in, in a way yeah. in a way yeah yeah but it's, it's exciting for, for me being at the field watching a team or scouting a team is exciting you watch yeah. it, i mean it's watching it on the on the webcast later in the night is kind of like fuck i just want to like yes and then you're just kind of relax i want to yeah especially like late uh, you know just uh like with x factor when we're on saturday night so say last event for example we had uh, I believe we played the wild card game, but it's like we have okay, so we know we're playing NYX in the morning. Okay, mm-hmm. we already played them, we we beat them, but it was like a close game, and it's like okay, we play NYX, and then after that we play the winner of this game and this game, and then after that we play the winner of this game and this game. It's just like, yeah, oh, I don't even like you can't really judge it, but then you really want to focus on the first match at hand. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. kind of, and then a lot of times. It's like you just are, you got that 30 minute break and then you're flipping and you're playing them again. And then you're just listening to, you know, Jerry and our team is the one that really keeps some pretty good, uh, what's it called? Breakouts and things like that. The right. tendencies that the other teams seem to do that we just kind of all listen to. And then we just, but the, mo- the, the biggest thing is we just always pretty much stick to our game plan. Right. Which is good. That's the way to be. Right. So you as, I mean, absolutely, um, you do your job, and as long as everybody's doing their job, you, you get the overall job done is the, right. is the goal. So, yeah. That's right. Um, um, you as an individual, do you, because I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of teams, obviously the whole thing is you, you play your games, you go back, you watch the webcast of who you're going to play uh, tomorrow, or whether it be uh, Saturday or Sunday or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you watch them. Do you to so kind of a two part question? Do you go back and watch your games that you played previously and kind of go over the mistakes 
in your head or do you kind of go over um, everything as it happened and then you're like you want to be done with it and kind of reset for for the Saturday so like like meaning do you watch the games going up like everybody does that, that are coming up and then do you kind of just zone out want to forget about it relax get reset for the next day and then when the morning hits you start thinking about it again you know what I mean yeah, I guess it depends really on how the day goes, right? Especially when you're coming into an event where, so say for example, X Factor, we uh, are fortunate enough to have Alex's uh, field, X Factor Paintball Park, mm-hmm. um, in San Antonio. So we have the, you know, we get to play two teams travel to us. So both weekends, we have two weekends. So we get, you know, we get a couple of different looks, right? So a lot of times we'll think that the field is playing a certain way and then we'll get to the, event and sometimes for the most part it's usually on point but a lot of times you know there'll just be a few different things that are just crazy right so russians are a great example where yeah. last event they just they were implementing bunkers that we just thought weren't even at all useful flyover states yeah yeah and then just <laughs> the way that they're putting those that one bunker is like when you would look at it it's useless right in your own head but then you'd see you know, the support position behind him of why they're using that bunker. Exactly, because every bunker realistically is situational. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It kind of just depends on how how the day goes and how we feel. Uh, But I I usually like to, at least for me individually, um, it's a good point that Randy brought up last event, actually. It's really, really good point. So I was having a hard go of it with this last what was it six months ago the first <laughs> no it feels like it <laughs> uh so i was just having a rough go in practice like really really hard time uh just super frustrating there's so many blind shots and it just i, I was so focused on business and things like that mm-hmm. it just i wasn't transitioning that focus uh, but that's just an excuse i was just honestly i was just like i'm just one of you know like one of those weekends where it's just like you are just catching every single ball yeah Heads you know, cluttered. set it and not get frustrated yep and uh yeah just like one of those times and rainy's like you know what i do he's like i go i go say if it's at the event for example he's like if i just have like a rough first day in the prelims i go back and i watch my guy play so for example if i were to do that it would be somebody like a-Rod. A-Rod was playing the same exact spot I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone like that. So you just go back and watch that person. Go back and watch, uh, you know, uh, Marinikoff who's playing that spot well, or Nick Laval, or mm-hmm. J-Rod, or whoever is playing that same kind of role. Just go watch them and just simplify it and just see how they're playing it. And kind of just literally just just implement what they're doing, but just watch how they do it. And it just it really helps, actually, just physically watching it and just okay yeah i could do that yeah that makes sense it just simplifies it when the game is simplified it's a lot easier mm-hmm. and that's the biggest thing is when the whole team is just on the same page it's everything is simplified but when you have that feeling of you know like for example if you see a team just getting dinked dinked dinked, dinked out like that they're not connected and yeah. so just being connected is everything mm-hmm. um, yeah so i guess i don't really know how i just kind of went off the it's kind of <laughs> Oh, we're shutting this light. Oh, good. Big light guy. I like my lighting. Perfect. Yeah, I yes. feel you, man. <laughs> I, I was never big on it until um, I watched the videos that I did, and I was like, oh, the fucking shitty lighting. 
on lighting. I gotta figure something. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta figure so something what, out. What do you, it seems like you watch a lot of, like I, I know Joe Rogan, of course. Mm. Um, but like, what else do you watch and learn from? It seems like you're just really kind of uh, like a sponge. I don't know. It's um, a new, yeah. Like it, like it. I'm the same way, dude. Yeah, dude. I I feel like I have to constantly be learning and and open minded 100%. to new things yeah. because I ne- I never know everything. I never n- want to know everything. I I want to know as and learn as much as I can. But I mm-hmm. I know that I'm more ignorant than I am knowledgeable. Um, so I'm just trying to even out that balance of things if that makes sense and and you know trying to listening to podcasts or or watching watching youtube videos that are more or less um uh, a learning thing rather than an entertainment thing i mean there's always room for entertainment right but for me i feel like i i i want to i want to absorb like you said a sponge i want to i want to i want to learn new things i i I want to learn yeah. You know, it just any little, any little thing, even, even referring back to paintball, any kind of little small thing that, um, that I may have thought was like the right way to do something and somebody does it a little bit differently and it's more effective and efficient. Mm-hmm. I will jump on the bandwagon because I'm not, I, I don't think my way is, is right or correct. I like seeing other people do, I mean, that's style, right? That's that's fashion that's style that's that's a way somebody plays a certain sport a way uh, somebody walks a certain way everybody has their own kind of way of doing things uh even though we're all doing the same thing you know if that so makes that's, sense so that's it's crazy it, yeah. yeah so it, you know i I, tr- I like i like the that's why i like doing this is because we're all in this life doing doing things but i just like hearing other people's stories of how they do it and yeah. um you know, if I can incorporate them into my life, uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Tim Ferriss. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm actually almost towards the end of his uh, book called The Four Hour Work Week. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of I, I'm reading that. Um, I'm a big fan of The Four Agreements. I don't know if you ever heard that, mm-hmm. but uh, I I read that and that was like a real kind of eye opener for me. And um, you know, it's just kind of it's it's, it's taken my life uh, day by day. Watching my kids obviously grow and learn yes. um, yeah. means a lot. But then also, it's just like you kind of I think every week or even a couple of days, you just, you got to sit down and kind of just oh. look around and and kind of see like, okay, is what I'm doing busy or is it productive? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've I've caught myself being more busy than productive in in the past years and everything. I'm just trying to be more of a hands-on person i'm trying to be more entrepreneurial um just trying to kind of figure all this shit out but i'm I'm excited to do it i want i'm anxious to learn and um yeah i i mean i wish i was more like this during my paintball years uh playing because i felt like even even just doing jujitsu now um i haven't in a while because of the whole fucking quarantine thing but i mean Mm -hmm. even just learning that small skill um and the things that it teaches you, I feel like would have been so beneficial, uh, just mentally and physically at that, yeah. uh, at that top level. But yeah, I mean, that's Every, in a nutshell, that's everything, kinda... everything, uh, transitions into like tr- correlates with one another. It's pretty wild. Actually. I, I, yeah. I realized that after, um, you know, a moment when I was like 25 years old, I was playing paintball. It's like my fifth year playing, uh, overseas and pro and 
I was just like, I got to start thinking about what's next, you know? And I've always been that kid since I was, uh, man, since I was just such a little shit, like five years old. I, don't know. I was always, I literally always did my hair and combed it over like my mom didn't. I was always just like <laughs> that kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't pick the blow dryer up till I was probably like 14, 15, but <laughs> that don't make sense. But anyways, since I was like, yeah, really, really young, I've just always questioned everything and just always not necessarily like I just never really like getting told what to do mm-hmm. and like if it made sense and it helped me out sure but like for example like if I worked probably 20 different part-time jobs and I would go in and I, I had to do it to support paintball right when I first started uh, but I would go in and I would just like uh, I, I'm this isn't for me and I would, I would literally all of those were a week to a month tops and I would find other ways to make money. That's what I always did as a kid. I was uh, so I lived. I grew up on Long Island, New York, and they're known for their Jewish delis and uh, you know just sandwiches in general. Just delis are just really known there. So, anyways, I would go. I would. My dad would drive me to school, but uh, I would wake up extra early and I would gra- I would buy like five to ten breakfast sandwiches. This is just fire bacon, egg, and cheese. It's like oh, nice. literally most unbelievable from like the best deli, in like pretty much all of Long Island, I'm pretty sure. So anyways, I would get these breakfast sandwiches and my first my first period was uh, study hall. So I would just sell these half of sandwiches, I'd buy them for $2.50, $3, and I'd sell a half for $5. And all these rich Long Island kids, you know? So like I was just, I would just literally sell them all right there, boom, yeah. done. And then I got into all these other just different little things of making money. Uh, but yeah, I've just kind of always just been and I still just I always try and stay away from everyone's thinking this way. Mm-hmm. I, whenever I'm like, whenever I notice that everyone's thinking this way, it's like, okay, either how can I help like that, right? How can I bridge the gap to benefit from that? Or mm-hmm. can I look a different way? Like right. I'm just, I'm always thinking that way. So if, for example, with the coronavirus thing, of course, uh, you know, I, I have, I had all the intel coming from China with my Chinese team, right? And they were telling me about it. And of course, as an entrepreneur, uh, I'm always looking for that next window to take advantage of, right? And uh, the the like every really successful person says they have, for the most part, they have a story of they they made the, they made the most money during a crisis or during a war or during a recession, right? Right. So, okay, I was like, all right, so this is happening. Um, what can I do if I take my money out of stocks? I, and then I just really start thinking and I just got word from China that they were like, once basically the lockdown was done in China, uh, basically all of the suppliers and manufacturers just started, uh, producing, like shifting their manufacturing process to say, for example, those pillows to masks because they knew the need for it. So I'm hearing that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think we're going to be prepared at all for this. And then I really started thinking about Americans in general. And and just like going back real quick to what you're saying about how everyone's got their own style and sweat, like and swag and walk and things like mm-hmm. that. It's not like that in China. Everyone is exactly the same. It is so weird, dude. Just yeah. so you know, just yeah, side note. <laughs> but anyway, by choice, though. Not by choice. It's just uh, the CCP, man. Chinese Communist Party is just there. Everyone's, it's 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 good and bad, right? For mm-hmm. example, it's a great when there's a 
when there's a pandemic and you, you know the government shuts you in lockdown and everyone listens and does it and then boom two three weeks everyone was good to go back to work for the most part you know just like they were on top of it mm-hmm. but as the people listened um but anyways like i really just started thinking about it i'm like yeah we should start getting on this and it was it was good too right uh because i had my brother so he lives and works as in missions in uh, Papua New Guinea, which is a fourth world country, which is, it's like, uh, it's near, it's like, you know, Southeast Asia, it's near Malaysia mm-hmm. and all that, but it's like its own little island. But anyways, so uh, he's, he was actually home for, he comes home like every four years for six months and works in the ER in, Pens- in Erie, Pennsylvania, where they were before he left. So he's in the ER, and I don't even think these things are connected, are they? I don't think so. No, I don't care. So, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it like, it like, I'm like, I don't think these are on. Uh, so anyway, so he's, he's home. Like, of course, the one time he's home in the last four years, he's home, and then this starts, you know, getting crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, just, I have so many sleepless nights of just really getting research into this and seeing how prepared we are for this, what we're doing, how bad is it? And I'm watching the news at the same time. And it's just like, what is this dude doing? Or what are we doing? It's like, we saw other countries it coming here, mm-hmm. not in on him, uh, not putting it on Trump. It's, that's a tough job as a president, man. I can't, you can't put it all on him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different factors that go into that. But I was like, man, we are not ready for this. And, you know, of course I'm speaking to my brother that's at the hospital and he's like, dude, it's just the calm before the storm here. It's weird. Uh, it was really weird, too, because so they were getting patients that were coming in. So this is like when it was in uh, in Europe a little bit. Mm-hmm. It hasn't it didn't really we didn't really get any cases here yet. Right. So it was weird. So my brother was telling me that he had a patient come in from Wuhan. Mind you, he works in the ER patient come in from she's from Wuhan. She has all of the symptoms of Corona and they weren't. They were they were directed to not test this person. It was just very bizarre, but it, I mean, it, there's obvious. I mean, there's not obvious reasons, but there's definitely reasons of why they were not testing. I don't know if just to keep the numbers down, to keep the public chill. Yeah, it was. But he was like, dude, we are not testing people, and there are multiple people with symptoms, and you know, we're not testing them. It's just so weird. And he's like, we don't have enough equipment. This is going to be, you know, because you're supposed to use an estimated, uh, estimated annual usage of masks per day. So when you go in and see a patient with all this PPE equipment on, right, mm-hmm. you're supposed to. So at first they were testing people with a swab in their mouth and then they were coughing. So the, the physician's Perfect. like, yeah. Cough. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me it, just right? test it on my face. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? Jesus, anyway, dude. And then they, they eventually figured out that you could use the nose. Thank you. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. so when you when you initially take that test or you just see the patient in general, you're supposed to literally take off your equipment and throw it out and then reuse, just grab a new one. Oh, yeah. They weren't doing that. They were, uh, especially when it started getting really bad, right? Because there were so many cases here, but it wasn't confirmed cases because we weren't testing anybody. Right. So... <clears throat> Yeah, so it just started getting out of control, you know, we're just where they're testing people. So many people are coming into the hospital. Again, we knew it was coming here. And then, for example, my brother's, 
you know, my brother's facility, there, there was no testing difference, like section, like, or, or location. It was, people were coming into the ER to get tested. So people that are in there with a broken arm or, or that aren't sick or that are, you know, are just like paranoid that they might have it. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these people are coming, everyone is just storming the ER. Like every, like, so now it's just, no matter what, now it's just a Corona like because of a sneeze yeah they have they sneeze and they might think they have it and they want to get tested yeah exactly yeah people that are paranoid right so mm-hmm. they, they had no drive-through testing like we we saw in europe before it came here or, or sorry not europe but like south korea or china right they just literally you just drive up they take your temperature you're good to go instead of that like we knew this was coming mm-hmm. we knew it was coming and we did. We took no steps. I, it was a. It was a great call of Trump to shut down the Chinese, uh, you know, flights going back and forth to China. That was smart. But besides that, I mean, dude, like, we had no. We took no preparation at all. There was no preparation for this. Yeah. So it's just, and that's that's when you start to see those deaths, right? Is when everything is overwhelmed. So like when the hospitals are just like New York, for example. This it wouldn't be near as much of an issue is if the hospitals had it under control, they had enough ventilators and equipment and things like that, but that's not the case. So people are having to reuse their masks and decontaminate them their own way. I've heard so many crazy stories, of course, just being in the business and doing the research on it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Uh, but my brother was like, dude, we have no equipment here. Like every like there's uh, the nurses and doctors are all saying they're they're gonna quit if they don't get any more. They're like these doctors are buying their own shit on Amazon and it's just like it was just like the wild wild west with that for it still is. But yeah, Damn. yeah, that's how I mean yeah. that's how my mom is. But she's a phlebotomist at a hospital, and she's she's, she's a phlebotomist. Mm-hmm. So um, she's one of the first people that the patient sees going mm-hmm. in there. Um, mm-hmm. And there were a couple cases she said that. That she went through and drew with no protection, no nothing. This is before they did anything. And then after the fact, they found out that they had coronavirus. And it, it was like, why? I was like, okay, well, what were their symptoms? The A, B, C, blah. Were they tested? No. Did they die? Yes. Oh my God! Like, why are why are they not te- why aren't they doing these simple precautions? Or even or even in at least for me in my head, what I would do is if once you even started hearing about this whole coronavirus thing, and you kind of saw people taking those small precautions of like wearing a mask or or gloves or what have you, I feel like if I was worked at a hospital and I was in contact with patients, I would be acting like there is already a shortage of of materials and equipment and I would just mask up and glove up no matter who I'm encountering because because who knows is they could be talking about that shit in Wuhan that happened but who knows that that person that's sitting in that chair in front of you didn't just come back off a flight from Wuhan and you know and is no idea that's not feeling good you you cannot trust anything that you're hearing because you have no idea you have no idea. It's confirmed cases. That's the only thing. Like we could mm-hmm. literally say right now that there's no corona here because we never, like, if we just never tested anyone, that's confirmed, right? Right. Like, that's the only way we really can tell if they're if it's legitimate or not is if they're confirmed. And that's the thing. We're using these testing kits on people that are, like, have the symptoms. Like, 
yo, that dude definitely has coronavirus. And yeah. they're testing that person. Why? You save the test for other people that, you know, that are spreading it that feel fine. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, but just going back to my brother's story real quick. So just, uh, so my brother was telling me this and I'm like, okay, uh, I was already, I was already, you know, laying out the game plan, um, which is tough to do with this kind of situation, right? Where you have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was just kind of laying it all out, uh, and working with my team in, when they, in China, they found us, they found multiple suppliers. They're really well connected in the Chinese government. So they're, they're able to find a supplier, no problem. That's actually FDA approved, you know, CE certified and, things like that, right? Which is the KN95, you know, which is the Chinese standard, same exact thing as the N95. Um, But so at first when this all, you know, you know, when it all started, uh, all these masks, because the CDC approved KN95s as alternative in urgent cases, right? Right. And so it was like the wild, wild west, man, where, uh, you know, you get a mixture of people losing their jobs and then like a kind of like a, combination of where you can make a bunch of money with you know this whole mask oh yeah absolutely Uh, so you know there's all sorts of hoaxes all sorts of crazy shit um and a whole bunch of masks coming in that are not fda certified that are not at all up to the standards you know you can just literally look at the you know different layers and tell that it's not legit Mm -hmm. so yeah so i was dealing with that so uh i actually so the first the first customer that I basically got was I spoke with my brother and I'm like, okay, I mean, you can basically go anywhere right now. It's like, there's going to be, there's supply everywhere, but there's just, I mean, there's demand everywhere, no supply. Right. Right. So I'm like, Matthew, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. So he spoke with his medical director and then, uh, his medical director got me in contact with, you know, a distributor, their distributor, which distributes to like nine different facilities. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, speaking with the head of purchasing for uh, that distributor. And he was asking, dude, I was on the phone with him. And this is when I was in Costa Rica too. So dude, from 6 a.m. to like 7 p.m., I was giving him all sorts of info that he needed. So many questions, so many this and that's. And finally, uh, this is the, the whole reason why he was asking all these questions and things like that and just you know approving us as a vendor. Uh, was because they already laid out 100% prepayment and then never got a product. So, of course, I'm second oh, up the wow. best. Like, when you date a girl and she, her ex-boyfriend just cheated on her, it's like, you gotta, yeah. like, you know, I show the trust. So, I'm like, okay, listen, I could go anywhere with these, but I want to, my brother's a physician in the ER, I want to make sure that he has the equipment needed as well as his colleagues. So, uh, you know, I will, our company will lay out the zero, zero, 100%. That's basically like 0% up front, 100% when it gets in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And then, so they send us a PO, but with all the terms with it, of course, right? So that they pass the fit test, which is the fit test is when you work, you put on the mask, you put on a hood above it, and then someone sprays the spray. And if you can smell it uh, while you're wearing the hood and the mask, then it doesn't pass. But if it, you can't smell it, it passes. So yeah. Right. So, uh, and these are all these other terms too. So we ship the product mid air while it's, it's literally in flight. This first like little stack of chips we have, right? 10,000 units, which is 
$30,000 plus shipping is like $40,000 we're laying out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's mid-air and the CDC drops a new regulation that KN95s are not allowed at at, to be sold to medical facilities and things like that. So I'm like, are you kidding me? So I am, I am just like, which really I, has nothing to do, nothing to do with what anybody did on your end or on the hospital. No, or... no it's just because of all these, you know, pieces of shit, mm -hmm. all the scumbags that are selling fake masks or all these Chinese, you know, suppliers that are shifting their production line to making these masks when they have no idea what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're literally just making a mask to sell it for 50 cents and some idiot American on the other end think it's good, mm -hmm. you know? So it's midair and this is just, this is just like one of many things I've run into, but I'm like, of course. So in, in situations like that, it's just like with paintball or anything else, you, you just can't freak out, right? You gotta just- Think of a solution. Yeah, exactly. Okay, there's a problem. There's got to be a solution. Let's figure this out. Okay, that's so, why I love paintball. Going back to paintball, paintball is a dude, great problem solving. I, dude, I love it's it. Literally transit all of those skills and all of that experience transit transition yeah. into into like my work life, and I figure that out later down the line. But anyway, so it's midair, so I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like like it's like a paintball tournament. We just got smashed the first point. All five guys got shot off a break. It's like okay, that just happened. What are we gonna do? You know, so I'm calling all these people, all these different people, what to do, what to do. I know uh, the VP of XBO. She's like, I know I just heard about it. Um, she's like, don't ship your product yet. I go, it's already in flight. She goes, shit. Okay, I have no idea what to do. Um, so I literally, I call. So there's an FDA certificate on our product. Okay. Mm -hmm. And in the bottom corner, it has a third party uh, registers that company's product. So they're, they're certified to be able to do that. Sure. So I literally just searched this guy's name. It's like Jimmy Lowe in the corner of this FDA certificate. I'm like, this is my last shot. So I, I figure out his contact information. I call him. He's Chinese, but he lives in the US. So he speaks pretty uh, English pretty well. And he goes, all right, this is what you gotta do. You gotta change this, 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 this. So basically the only thing the customs really looks at is the invoice. So I changed the invoice from, uh, from KN95 medical, right, to medical mask, or whatever it was on there, but it was KN95 and medical, which both of them cannot be on there since the CDC dropped that new regulation. Right. So I changed it to disposable filtration mask. So it gets into the port and it, it's going through customs and all of a sudden, you know how Trump uh, lifted bans from products coming from uh, China. Mm -hmm. He lifted the tariff ban on medical products. So since uh, I switched it to disposable filtration mask, it wasn't a medical product, so we had to pay a tariff on it. <laughs> Which wasn't the worst of thing. At least we got it there, okay? Right. So we are, so we are bringing the product to my brother's, uh, you know, uh, distributor, okay? And I didn't, I didn't really contact them because I was like, listen, it'll be here. Uh, we're just getting it together. I'll let you know when it's in. Just basically because you're, you're putting zero down. You just You need it. I'll let you know when we have it there because I don't want to say it's going to be there on Monday. It's not there on Monday because right. everything's crazy at the ports and things like that. So I call them up and so we're picking it up from JFK, driving it up to Pennsylvania. It's like a four-hour drive or something like that. So I'm like, hey, 
hey Matt, how you doing? Just to let you know the product's in and it's on its way to you. And he's like, yeah, we don't want that anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, the CDC dropped that new regulation. And I'm like, okay, dude, did you know that? The, and by the way, the CDC, so they, they dropped a new regulation saying that KN95s are allowed in, in emergency cases. Mm-hmm. So did you not see the CDC drop, you know, they, 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 the new regulation they have that it's okay in urgent cases? And he's like, yeah, we, we're honestly, we're just not going to take them. So I'm like, okay, great. So I'm just like, what do we do? And then we, we did have a few, uh, you know, plan B and C lined up, which mm-hmm. took immediately. So when I, when I go there, uh, I met, we met the, uh, one of the executives on the board from Universal Health and he met us in the parking lot and he's like, yeah, we'll let you know. The only reason we're looking at these is because we don't have another shipment coming in for two weeks. I go, we can have 10 million of these to you by next week, just mm-hmm. so you know. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, we'll test them out and let you know how it works. And so, uh, an hour later they're like, yeah, they passed. Uh, we're just going to get an okay from the CEO. So about two hours later, we get the okay from the CEO. And that was kind of just like, that was the biggest thing, right? Cause now not only did we get them here and everything passed and, but we have a reference now. So now mm-hmm. we, every other lead we go to, we can say, Hey, we're doing business with universal, like speak with them. If, you know, if, if there's any skeptics that you might find, you know, there's always a reference that you can go to. So, yeah. Anyways, that's the craziness of a deal. Dude. Yeah. But I mean, that's business. Um, you know, even though this is a yeah. pandemic, I mean, there are things that need to be, be done and in a certain order and in a certain way. And that's yes. all, that's all business. Dude. But yeah, seriously, paintball is, 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 is exactly the same thing. And mm-hmm. that's like, I just, I always thought that I just wasn't, business I just wasn't for me I just felt like you know a young kid and I don't know I just I was like I can't I can't sell things and all this and then I just once I realized that it's just it's just a game mm-hmm. once you just have that mindset it's just, it's just a game dude you just gotta figure it out it's just right. like well like uh for example I always use this analogy but it's like with paintball I I'll go up the center so say new field that comes out which my teammates just let me know less uh less uh, the last practice before the event that they hate when I do this, but I like to just try going up uh, as many times in a row, and every time I'm going a different route, right? I might go into the short bunker shooting and then go up. You know, You're I always figuring inst- out the variables. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And every single time, it's like I'll get I'll get shot, right? A lot of times I get shot. Huge majority of it, I get shot, mm-hmm. but every time I'm not like keeping my head down, kicking a pod, or I, all I'm doing is just like okay, and I'm like like walking backwards and I'm just like, okay, I got shot going like this. Okay. Got that noted. I know, I know how to not go up there now mm-hmm. when this person is in the, cause there's so many different variables, especially with the center. That's why right. it's one of the hardest spots to play. Um, so I just try as many different routes, as many different things as I can. And it's, it's practice, right? So it's like, it's okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. I know how to not get shot going up there now, you know, that, that way at least. Um, but it's the same exact way with business. Just try every little thing. It's just like you fail. Okay the next one the next one you know it's not a big deal yep like those unless you get to the point where you're making those mistakes over and over and over again then it's time that's when you can get frustrated and really take a step back and reevaluate things but that's just totally how you can transition into life i mean that with so many other things communication and everything yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i mean and that's i think that's just 
and you can you can take that to any kind of whether it be a martial art whether it be anything yeah. competitive anything 100%. competitive and challenging i mean you you yeah. can take it over it, it crosses think about, over think about how well you play it you're how how fast you, you became pro in paintball it's because you played baseball right mm-hmm. yeah same with me with soccer it's like the same exact way but the thing is even though because i don't think i i looked at baseball as a as a another variable sport where like yeah. a lot of different shit can happen mm-hmm. right um so it wasn't i mean there's athletic moments in baseball but i liked i liked the challenge yeah. Yeah, a baseball football for me was more of like a just a run away from the big guys and uh, don't get caught, you know, kind of a thing. And it was more kind of a burly thing. I mean, every, yeah. everybody has their own opinion on it, but um, I didn't like getting hit very much. So like baseball was more kind of my thing. I like the more of that like kind of skill set. But um, yeah. because also because with baseball, like once you get to like the batter's box or, or whether you're pitching, whatever it's, it's one-on-one like you're, mm-hmm. you are focused on that. Like that is your job is to, is to figure out the pitcher and his job is to help you not figure it out. You right. know what I mean? So it's, uh, yeah. but, but like paintball for, for me kind of caught on because it was like, there were so many variables, right? There were so many things you could do yes. to kind of disrupt things in a, in a way. Yeah. And, and that's what I liked about it. I like being able to to, I like being sneaky and figuring you were shit that out. Always one player that I mean the 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 snakes the snake side is pretty like it's pretty just the same thing over and over again, especially mm-hmm. at the top level. But do you were those one? You were that guy that was just like, what was that move? And sometimes it wouldn't work out, and when it would, it would just be like that was unbelievable. <laughs> I love that kind of just like outside the box thinking, man. That's what it's about. Yeah. But I was just like, what was that? Yeah, it didn't work out. But I kind of I see where he was at with that. And then all of a sudden you try something completely different. It would work out. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen some crazy things you've done. Just like that made no sense. And, and, and no, and, and that, that's, that's what that's I loved great. about it. Exactly. Sometimes sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't yes. think I don't think the game nowadays really. No, I don't think it will, it would go as well now because it's it's so based on i mean it's always been based on don't fucking make mistakes right i mean that that's been the whole thing but i i don't think the game now is really kind of a um i don't want to say creative see it's just a different game it's just like there's there's obviously creative players i mean yourself you play there's plenty of creative player creative players out there and i'm not saying that i wouldn't be able to compete now i i feel like i would be able to compete i just feel like i i my style of thinking um, would need to change uh, about things. But I, I get enjoyment from the game, from being able to find the moves that nobody thinks about just to maybe get that one guy or two guys or whatever. And, and being able to build the confidence in my teammates and in my coaches to know that if I get shot doing something like that, it's because I saw some possibility. Yes. And, yes. And for me, seeing a possibility is like, is seeing a window. Yeah. And and any paintball player out there, whether it be uh, somebody coming up or or super experienced, paintball is fucking windows, man. They open mm-hmm. and close constantly, and they're small and they're tiny. Sometimes they're fucking huge. Right. But the thing is, is seeing the window, finding it, and taking advantage of it. And yeah. if, if I go and I get shot, that window just closed a lot quicker than what I thought it was. 
but I saw that opportunity and I saw that window. It, it's like it's it's figuring out that timing, right? Timing is finding multiple windows open at the same time, and mm-hmm. it just it's that's that's that flow state, right? right? That's that kind of that's that that's that mindset of where you're just you're in the moment and you can't not that you can't make a wrong decision, but you just make a lot of right decisions at the right time, mm-hmm. and uh, f- for to be able to see those and have teammates and coaches trust that I'm trying to find those. Yeah. Um, not in, and not at my own, um, selfishness. It's just, exactly. It's not, I'm not trying to be a fucking superstar. This is just this, these little things, these little small things like make it fun and challenging for me. Not that I'm trying to play the game individually. I'm obviously, I'm communicating. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to progress the game and, and I'm trying to be, a a team player but also a um i don't know the term that you call dude <laughs> just a curveball like when yeah plays out so say you do that the first game of the prelims you, you like you try it out and practice a bunch you just keep trying it out and just it, and then you finally like figure it out and then you do it the first game in the prelims or the second game in the prelims and everyone sees that what is everyone going to do? They're going to like be consciously thinking about that move. Or if it happens mm-hmm. to them, they're going to be like, oh, like I, I got to be worried about that move a little bit. You know, I got to keep my eyes there. It throws them off they, their game, which is right. what you're always trying to do. And that's yeah. what you're always good about, just being the guy playing against you, right? I would always just try and like, what's Carl doing? Keep my eye on you. Like Orion Moorhead, this is a good example too. Yep. Like, he's just, he's not the most dominant player, but not in the sense of like gun dominating you. You know what I mean? He just... He'll just peek at you, but he's, he's smart. He just stays alive. But dude, if you give him that window, he just, he'll take a bite. He'll go from his corner all the way to your corner. Mm-hmm. If you just look away for one second, you know, so there's yeah. just little players like that that you always have to keep your eyes on. Yep. There's no in the back of your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. if I can, if I can keep you honest and that's for me, if I can, if I can keep you honest and I can keep you um, thinking about me even though we don't have an engagement on the field, yes. or if we do, it's just maybe a quick peek or something like yeah. that, and right. you know I'm on the field, I'm already yes. doing some sort of job exactly. to right. try and keep right. you from doing yours. So it's yeah. like, that was another advantage I felt like uh, kind of goes um, to the wayside from a lot of people is like some of these moves and positions that I get into, I feel like is is an advantage for a team, not just because I'm I'm there and I'm shooting a bunch of people or whatever, Sometimes I'll get to a spot when it's still fucking five on five. Like that was another like oh, that was weird. another fun thing for me was like being able to be. Like, Who'd even shoot your gun? Yeah, just be like, yeah. fuck all you guys. Try and shoot me, and then then I get the Dorito four or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the downfall to that was like I would figure all that shit out, which that's what it would be. It would be a small puzzle for me as I'm going through to be able to get to the spot to maybe get a kill or two or whatever. But even if I just get there just alive, the and yeah. as long as I'm there. Like fucking right. have them worry about me. That's great. Exactly. But the yeah. thing is, the only downfall to that, and um, the, yeah, the only downfall to that is I would do that. But then if if my team doesn't follow the that move or take advantage of that of people's guns turning or whatnot, I'm not in the greatest position again at that point because now if we get a guy shot and then another guy goes quickly after that, I might be the only guy on that side of the field. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm fucked. So it's kind of like it's like a I don't know maybe a fifty sixty or a seventy thirty kind mm-hmm. of risk. But, but I'm, the, I, I'm always one to play, make the risks, especially if you know that that play is that you're going to do that. I mean, 
honestly, you're the type of player that just will do it sometimes. We're just like, I see this open, and I'll do it. Mm. But besides that, if you know the player is set up for that, like, you know, it just, it's so big to have your teammates aware of, hey, guys, we're sending Carl the Drio 4. And then the snake guys be like, okay, cool. You know, like, hey, snake guys, he's going to Drio 4. That means, what does that mean? Gun mm. shift, and then you go. Right? Yeah. Just to balance that out. That's why you're throwing that punch, just so they look that way. Right. But be, but being a guy in the middle, as you yourself are, sometimes it's not a move off the break. Like sometimes no. we play a spot where it's like it's a sure. quick shoot and jump, and then we just kind of fiddle our way up into a spot. Yeah. You yeah. know, which which is very spontaneous and, and um, optional because you have – you go up in and you're like, well, okay, well, I could go this way. It's not like you go to a fucking tape or a ladder snake and you're like – you, you just go this fucking way. I hate ladder it's snakes. Like, it's like the wall when there was someone on the other side, just a big old dumb idiot. With There's mask. no, that's the thing. And, and no offense to anybody that fucking went to it. I went to it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like. It's like any dummy could come around and shoot me. It's, exactly. It was, it was an idea that was tried and, you know, it is what it is now. But, I like the first because I could use the windows. Right? Yeah, like, you're too... everyone wouldn't be playing that tight. It'd just be like one kill, two kill, three kills. I was two know? inches too short for that damn window. Oh, dude, it's so important. Oh, <laughs> anyway, go uh, but but it's like you know I, that's another thing. Why I kind of like playing those those kind of mid spots too. Like obviously I was thrown to a lot of far spots. Um, yeah. But I but I really like playing those mid spots and kind of finagling my way. Yeah. and into these different like I really like that because that's yes. it, the, the, that was the most options for me to be able to fucking figure out the puzzle that is the other team on the field mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, and as single minded as that sounds I tried to play as a team as much as possible but also take advantage of my thinking on the field mm-hmm. which might not have worked all the time and it, maybe that's maybe that's kind of the position of my career um, where I haven't been the most successful but I feel like as an individual, I have been. It, it, it's so weird to like yeah. – and it's, and it's not because like Aftershock wasn't successful because I feel like there was a lot of times where we lost a lot of games by one point or two points or even three, but it was a fucking close game for the first I know. 10, 15, 10, 20 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. I feel like we were I, – I was successful in doing a lot of what I do 70% of the time. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're known for being Carl, like being that just wild card, you know? That's yeah. what I mean, my opinion. But yeah, you had a super successful career. It's just it wasn't necessarily you're getting wins, but you were have a very successful career. But it's just yeah, it was just kind of because you were you. But that's the most yeah. incredible part about it, dude. It's like that's what I love watching paintball and just people in general. It's like especially paintball, it's like People just have their own style where it's just like, dude, I don't know what that was, but especially the people at the top that are just outside the box thinkers like that, that mm-hmm. just do weird shit and it works or it doesn't work. Yeah. But, you know, but that's, that's my favorite type of player is just like that, you know, just, uh, I don't know, just, I'm going to figure this out. And they just very intuitive. Oh so, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who did you watch, and what teams did you kind of watch, and what players did you watch growing up um, in in the game, and how did you kind of try and emulate them uh, yeah. playing? I, I watched uh, Oliver uh, a lot. 
yeah, I probably watched him the most. I watched, uh, so when I first started, I was playing, I was 14 years old. So LJ comes from Little John because I was just a little guy. Just a little guy. Just a little guy. My first national tournament, I, uh, I had a broken wrist with a cast, but I was the snake guy. So I, uh, so I watched, I watched B-Short a lot. Um, and then kind of while I, my game was progressing, I really started watching Jason Edwards. Uh, Jason Edwards was really probably my, no, cause, cause I, cause I transitioned right from a front player that I was playing on, uh, you know, through divisional ranks. And then once I got on heat, uh, I was, I was still for the most part, a front player or a one or a two. Um, but then I was so tall, six, one and my shoulders were getting all messed up. So I kind of had to take a step back. So then I was playing that three role and that's, that's when I started watching Jason Edwards a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so Jason, um, let's see. Who else? Yeah. Jason Oliver. Mm, I'd say those players for the most part. Yeah. But I mean, just, just coming back from a one to a three changed everything. Right. Because I, now I have, two modes or, yeah. you know, I know how to attack. I know what that attacker's thinking. You know, it's just like such an advantage. That's why I'm always, I'm always saying right, front players should just always, even when a new layout comes out, they should play that three spot. They should see where that pressure is coming at. You know, they should see what makes like that person uncomfortable. You should see what makes, you know, what that, what makes that front player uncomfortable that you'd normally be playing. Or you should right. also see what makes, you know, the bunker you're in uncomfortable like what what makes you uncomfortable right mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta be in those shoes and that's if you don't do that at the least you need to have those conversations constantly constantly dude and it's again it's the same in business it's like the same exact thing like my though my sale i don't have a cold cold pitch i don't say all i say is hey i'm john woodley i'm this uh how can i help you this is what i do how can i help you like what do you need you know what I mean? And that same question should be asked constantly in paintball. The ones and the twos should be having those conversations. The, you know, like the one should be asking the threes, yo, what makes you uncomfortable? What really sucks? What about yeah. this? And because there's so many different variables, especially like after a point, for example, instead of just running around and just tur- going back on the field and just rushing out points, mm-hmm. how about you take a few minutes just like, especially if you need to, right? Where it's like, hey, this situation happened. I need to know what to do. I, like, Billy, you're here. We shot that wide guy. Where do you want me? How can I help you best? You know what I mean? And then be like, yo, I feel the most comfortable when you're here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you know that, you have that comfortability, those like those conversations and everything just happens so much more fluently. Yeah. Because now it's like, Okay, I know exactly what to do. A million, bi- million Billy have been over the scenario so many times, and so builds. has everyone else on the team. Yep. Right? That they can look over, see me in that spot, see Billy in that spot, and know exactly what we're doing and what the situation is. Right. Because all ten of us have gone over when that Y guy gets shot, and Billy's here. This person should be here. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's how concrete, just set in stone. These everything needs to be. And how much that that open conversation just needs to constantly happen. Yeah. Because now, like I was saying, so that that communication just is so much more. Everyone is so much more comfortable. You know what I mean? And they get what's what happens when you're more comfortable is the game slows down, and the communication becomes so much more. You know, like you're on the phone. It's not just like back left, back right. It's like, hey, 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 what's 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 on you? That yeah, is that guy cross? Okay, yeah, I'm yelling over to Archer on the real side. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 back left is crossed, Archie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When he, just that extra level of communication just helps you that much more. So for example, if I'm in the center and I hear that next level of communication, if I if, say uh, Archie's playing behind Billy and Billy goes, uh, you know, LJ, the one is what we call it, one through five. The one's cross and I'm in the center. What do I do? I, I pop over over the top and I, I mm-hmm. give a f- kill. You know what yeah. I mean? So just like when that happens, it's like that's when people aren't getting dinked out, you know, because if I was playing with Billy and I'm right next to him, and we're, we're on the same page, right? And it's like, and I see Billy uncomfortable. It's like, hey, Billy, Billy, what do you need? What do you need? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you're a front player. How much of a, like, you just feel like that burden is just like off your shoulders. You don't have to do it yourself. Oh, yeah. Just, I can go back to doing my job. Support it. And, and then yeah. you feel like, and it's like, especially like, hey, hey, Carl, what do you need? What do you need to get in the next spot? Uh, the, hold on, the, the two's on me. Okay, hold on, I'm gonna go to the corner. Hey, Carl, I'm in the corner. I'm gonna put the two in, ready? Okay, I got the two, and you don't, have to, you don't have to put them in. I always say, all you have to do is just pop up your head. Hey, Carl, ready? You get ready. You're like, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, ready, ready? And then you just pop your head up in the corner because that two's so far mm-hmm. that he just he's shooting at you, and then he sees my head, and while I'm saying go, he's shooting at my head. I'm not even putting him in, and then, he, and then you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how, mm-hmm. that's how it needs to be constantly be moving, and that's what I see divisional players or teams or some pro teams, <laughs> lots of pro teams, uh, <laughs> just – They'll practice so much or they'll work so hard on certain things, but it's like all you're doing is just practicing the wrong way, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why it's like you need to just understand the game to its fullest. And your teammates. And your teammates, right. And understand that all of that, you know, transparency needs to take place, right? Just that foundation needs to be set and the right way to practice. And then you can move from there because otherwise you're just spinning your wheels, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's exactly that. It's you know, it's having the confidence in the player behind you or in front of you to do their job. That way, you're making those decisions quicker. And there's a lot of people that that always ask me, so like, what's the what's the difference between the divisions, um, you know, or, or the difference between semi-pro and pro? And I've always said that it has been the not the decision making itself, but the timing in which the decisions are made. That's that's one of the things, and then um, I'll Real also. Quick on that though, when when just as a player, you make those decisions when you're confident. Mm-hmm. So that's what something I wanted to touch on. It's just like self confidence is everything, man. Like yeah. if you ever doubt yourself, think about like right there, like what you just said. Like if you if you have any doubt or if you're you have any you know you have no confidence in yourself or lack of confidence you're not going to make that window and you're not going to you know take over that you know window of opportunity right there because you're right. just going to doubt yourself right mm-hmm. yes, well a big example of that is like yeah, yeah. The, we had a match one time where um i kept asking um because i wasn't 100 percent sure and when i heard the call um i heard the call that somebody was in a certain spot and i was like mm-hmm. i was like man I really don't know if that's accurate. And I asked it again and they said it again. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, if I didn't go the first time, shame on me. But if I go this time and there's nobody there and I go to get this person and they're not there, <laughs> shame on you. And I go and they're not there. And mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things. But if, if I didn't have to second guess that, or I was more confident in that, yeah. in that call, yeah. um, 
but but that's the thing and now and now something small just like that that happened I don't now I don't now trust you 100% when you make a call and now yeah. that slows the game down. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it slows my game down anyway. So so one thing that it might have been the case, but so one of those, so, so you said you had to repeat yourself. So that happens a lot of times when players are just like having just to be like, you know, they'll put their gun down. They'll be like, Mike, 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 Mike. Mm-hmm. They're having to scream over other people screaming. I see that constantly. Yep. It doesn't need to be that way. The three is the voice. The one and the twos work together. And then, you know, like, of course, the three isn't just, just spitting out bunkers he's saying this this and then he'll wait for some you know some for, for some feedback but if those ones and those twos are having those conversations and the threes are you know hey like speaking with the twos and also just shouting out things then that's when like the ones so like if you see somebody run up the, the center and you're trying to yell it like when you yell it it's like okay everyone heard it mm-hmm. but when everyone's yelling those important spots instead of yelling back left back center back right it's like those don't really matter the important spots that's where you could be like oh shit that xbox xbox mm-hmm. you know what i mean but if everyone's yelling you can't get you can't, you couldn't have asked that question but if everyone's just talking right literally like you're just communicating like hey carl yeah yeah this hey lj is that is this hot uh yeah it is or no it isn't it's mm-hmm. just like like that if it would have happened like that you would have you know what I mean? It's yeah, just like no, that it's much. this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right there. Boom. You know, you don't have to scream over to them. Like how I'm sure that situation, you probably had to like yell over th- four other people to get his attention. And then it's like, by that time that you got to hear it, that's mm-hmm. when that window closed. Yeah. That's why that communication just is so important. And the tone of that communication. Oh, exactly. Well, taking it back to the big W when that was there, one of my main jobs, um, was going to the corner, looking up the center, and shooting up the center, and yeah, seeing yeah. if a guy is going up to the way. And then when right. that was, when he was going there or there, I would call red, and I would be calling it maybe even halfway to the corner. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we had an advantage to be able to go around and get the guy or whatever. Yeah. But that was yeah. that was a, a a big key factor was getting not only getting to the corner but seeing that guy going up the middle. Because mm-hmm. it changes the perspective, especially if he was looking one way or the other. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Communication right. is is. I mean, obviously, communication is huge, but the right information. Yeah, is, and then it's like better. it's like also just coming off in the pit like that. A minute to two minutes is so fucking crucial. It is so crucial. Like when you're in a match, right, and you're playing a team, and it's the first point. Like that that communication. Like I was talking about, you know, earlier it with practice right you, you you're practicing and you think of uh, a team is playing a certain way mm-hmm. and then you get to the event you play a team and it's not right so say it's the first prelims and it's not that way and there's so many conversations that need to happen at a tone that it needs to be just like if me and you are playing on that snake side and somebody's crossed it's like hey dude that guy's crossed you know what i mean and then i also have to voice it to the coach and Instead of a lot of teams, you know, actually focusing and taking advantage of that little window that you have to, you know, connect, mm-hmm. a lot of people will come at each other or, you know, uh, will yell at each other or just be uh, having conversations about the last point that don't really matter. The finger right? pointing, dude. I Yo, cannot like, I stand the fucking finger pointing. Like, that doesn't help. 
And that's a question that people should always be asking yourself always every single day. Every time you come into a situation, does this help me or does this hurt me? Mm-hmm. Every single time. You know what I mean? Yep. And the more that you, just in general in life, the more that you just ask yourself that question yeah. and make the right decision, you get in a, a pattern of making that right decision. Of going, But if you make that up, like that decision to, you know, if you go to hang out with your boys to party instead of, you know, watching YouTube and like, consuming content, reading books and researching and learning a new skill, right? If you make that bad decision, it's like, okay, your your brain is a muscle and it's allowing you to make that decision constant, like unconscious right. most, mm-hmm. right? But if you get in that good pattern, it's like, okay, now it's gonna make that good pattern, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never been a big fan of like the players who put themselves on a pedestal, who yeah. like to point the finger, like if they get shot, or something Again, happens that, like that. It's always like, helps. why did you let me get shot? It was pr- yeah. would pretty much what I would hear when somebody would tell me that. I'm like, what are you talking, dude? We first off, we won the point. Yeah. Secondly, just because you got dotted in the forehead doesn't mean that it was my fault that you got dotted in the forehead. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, so why don't you kind of relax and figure out why the fuck you got shot? Yeah. And then relax and then we'll go on to the next point but like, the main premise right there is does this help us or does this hurt us yeah that's, like, that's it and if they if, if everyone is constantly asking themselves that question that no that's just gonna hurt us if i say that yeah. you know what i mean instead how can i help us you know what exactly. i mean exactly now if we lost just, the point ask that fucking question how can i help you like what's gonna help us right exactly if if now if we 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 lost the point if that yeah. were to happen and you mm-hmm. got dotted in the eye, and I got dotted in the eye, then okay, let's figure this shit out. What happened? Yeah. But if we, exactly right. But what if we won the point? Yeah, if we won the point, why are you why are you yelling because you got shot? Yeah. Because you're not supposed to die. Yeah. Why are Why are you yelling that you got shot when, mm-hmm. dude? The vibe is good right now. Like we just won the point. Exactly. Well, so, you just like, like the vibe because it, dude, it just takes one bad apple, bro. One bad yeah. apple and it just spreads. Mm-hmm. It just allows for that type of communication, man. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy to me. It's literally exactly what I was thinking is like, once that happens once, it can just snowball from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why it just never, that should never be the case. It's just like a civil conversation is very easy. Again, is this going to help us or hurt us? How I, how I communicate this, right. you know? Hey, hey, Colt, how did you get, how did you get shot there? Like, okay, it wasn't anything crazy. Okay, no. Mm-hmm. You know what random I mean? ball? Just, right, no, gotcha. if he was like, dude, I have no idea. It's a random ball. Or just, dude, honestly, I was just in a heads up battle. And he's honest with me, which he yeah. always fucking is, which I love about Colt. You know, he's like, dude, honestly, I was just in a, a, a battle down the wire. And he just, he just about me. Okay, cool. Like, as long as it's nothing crazy. You know what right. I mean? And, and instead of somebody. It's not an excuse. Yeah, right. Yo, how did you get shot, dude? Yeah, you what the fuck? Like. <laughs> I, I know that, man. Dude, I, I know. Do you know how many fucking paintballs are out there? <laughs> you gotta stay alive. You gotta stay alive, man. You gotta, gotta stay alive. I know the premise oh. of the fucking game. I know. Now you're fucking with me. Now you got this whole bad vibe planted in the pit. Yeah. It's just like, and now we're gonna have this 30, 45 second conversation to calm mm-hmm. somebody down instead of utilizing that time and yeah. being like, okay, yeah, that guy was shooting cross. Uh, that's how Billy got shot. Okay, so we're gonna do this and shoot him in the dead zone there, like whatever it may be, right? Right, but like, right. Instead, it's like that instead of, but everything transitions 
from the pit to the field, always. Mm -hmm. Every it's always a transition, dude. If you're chaotic in the pit and things are crazy, I'm sure you've ran into that situation so many times where everyone's oh, yeah. not potted up or <laughs> everyone has. But yeah. that, that rush and that panic always transitions into the onto the field, mm -hmm. always, dude. Oh, and yeah. sometimes you're lucky enough where you're just way more dominant than the other team, or they get up three points and you kind of, okay, we got to figure this out. And that those good teams seem to figure those situations out, right? Mm -hmm. and, change it up but that's just such a it's a, it's a stress test it's a stress yeah. test that's that's all it is that's a stress test in the country right now in the world yeah. it's all a stress <laughs> test man yeah. all this, react to it dude i'm sure there's people out there who their game gets thrown off if they go read it to reach back and they're missing uh you know a, a certain pod that they put in their pack or they if they're if their pod is empty because the lid popped open during a dive their game is thrown off because now they have yeah, to yeah, yeah. i've had those players do this like <laughs> they need to just look perfect their headgear and everything you know just like throw on a headband just whatever dude i don't care yeah just, believe yeah. me I, I have my little fucking things and weirdo things that i do uh, like carrying out only four pods and all this other shit. That's and, not weird though. But, but you're not like I'm gonna play like complete shit if I have five. Dude, I, maybe. <laughs> so uh, maybe a little bit. Oh it it fucked with my head a little bit. I was like, I always told. I remember I always told Bruno. I was like, Bruno, I don't need five pods, bro. I'm, yeah. I don't need five pods. I don't. Well, you're going to the spot and you need to shoot your gun. I was like, Yeah, dude, I'll be shooting my gun, but I'll get through my loader and uh, a pod and yeah. by then I should be able to fucking see a move and like and, and, and see an opening anyway right. and be able to kind of just make an advance down the field or something but like I, I don't I, I don't know I've always I don't know I don't know why I don't know how I did it I don't know how I competed with like with points barely going through a loader even if that like I don't when understand I, my whole like when you're on the team I used to watch that actually I was like Dude, this guy never loads. Like he just like he just like shoot a few balls and then just like go. But you're so quick and small that it's just like it works out. But it's like, dude, I just like this guy never like is just constantly shooting like everyone else. Yeah. That's what I like about you. You've always been just different. <laughs> yeah, dude, I loved it. I felt like, and I'm sure everybody on the fucking podcast has heard me say this, but I felt like well, you know if I'm I can make, um, those uh. I'm listening. I'm right here. I'm trying to I'm trying to think how to say. It. Okay. Well, if I make those those two balls, which is like a two quick, a two quick hitter, right? Like if I if I can make those two come really close or hit you, then that's I that's that's all I need. I don't need to that's come out, to throw fucking thirty balls at you, oh, and then go. All you're like, doing is giving him a chance to to either one roll off and shoot that gap, or two start battling with you. Why not like make I, it make an action off of their reaction? of exactly. you doing something like I've, I've always said that dude it's like because when i was a front player all i would all i would do dude is i would i would literally get down the doritos or the snakes out of the field by just literally i would say there's even one or two guys on me it's you gotta remember it's far gaps it's far yeah. all you have to do is draw their gun and then they'll start shooting at it. and it, so i would always just go head check high and then literally just dive Dude, one, two. One, it's, that's one of my. That's one of my most used bullshit oh, tools, dude. dude was was just like you I would do it where you do it, and I literally just start shooting low. But you're too fucking quick, so it's like, yeah. I would just, I would be fucking, yeah. Look high, and then just fucking go. I would look high inside, especially yes, if, like that's the biggest it. thing. Is like, yeah, if you're like, what I like to do anyway was if somebody had both sides of my bunker, right? Yeah. 
is obviously get the guy in front of you, like yeah. put him in quick, but put him in and head check the yeah. next guy all the way around that might be shooting that lane. Yeah. Head check that guy. He sees you. Come yeah. back. Come back quick. Shoot a couple more balls at your at your uh, straight ahead guy. Keep him honest. Come yeah. up and inside. Okay. At that guy, since since he can see both sides, come up and inside at that guy. As soon as dude, as somebody, I guarantee you, ninety percent of the people when they see a head or something like that, especially at somebody they're shooting at, yeah. if they see that, they're at least gonna do this. You know what I mean? They're at least going to turn their barrel at least that little bit to try and shoot at whatever you give them, right? So you're saying so you come up on the so I, I so you come up on the inside for that that inside guy shooting cross on you, for example. You right. you come up on the inside and you get control of him? No. I'll I well, here's the thing. I'll either I'll either shoot at him. Yeah. I'll either shoot at him and see him flinch and then I'll duck around to the tape again and go because okay. now that gap is freed up. Right. Or I'll just head check and yeah. see him move his bunker and I'll see yeah, his yeah. I'll see his first ball come out at yes. me from yeah. from instead of holding that lane, he sees me head check. I see him bring his first ball because he's fucking ramping. So I yeah. see him bring his first ball at me and as soon as I see his ball leave his barrel, mm -hmm. I take off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And perfect. then now he has to readjust and I've already gone through the lane. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. Especially someone as, as quick as you are. And you always took advantage of that. And I see so many players that they have, they, they have, they only have two modes, dude. They either know how to play like a slow game or, and then they don't know when to turn it on. You know right. what I mean? So like mouse is a perfect example of somebody that re is very good at it where I, like a lot of times you, you'll, you'll, You'll be playing. You'll be matched up a certain with a certain player like that, like with someone like Mouse, for example. And you'll be mm -hmm. watching them throughout the event, and you'll kind of just be like, "Okay, he's been playing more chill." Or just during the match, you'd be like, "Yeah, he's playing. He's just playing a lot more uh, reserved." And it's like, "Okay, I'm not worried about his mid right. But when you have that player that just will just be chilling, and then all of a sudden, the next point, they'll just completely. You know what I mean? You got to just constantly be throwing those different modes in, dude. And that's yeah. what I. I try to do as well. Mm -hmm. Just always just try and, you know, just different modes. Just because well, uh, then it's wasted guns. Yeah, exactly. When I, I encourage you to do it, too, because it's like, dude, if you can if you can create yourself multiple weapons, then why not? Why not yeah. use them? Right. Because, you right. know, if you like if, if I can make it seem like there's two guys in the snake when it's only me mm -hmm. or or you know, or just I'm so unpredictable in a good sense if I can be so unpredictable to where it's like we said before, if you're across field, but you know, you know, at the beginning of the match, when we cross paths before the point starts and I look at okay. you and you look at me and we're looking at each other and you fucking know that I'm on the field with you and I'm looking at you and yeah, I'm going to yeah. try and come and get you or I'm yeah, going to be yeah. on your side of the field or something like oh, yeah, just yeah, do no, that. Sure. Like, uh -huh. it's, it's so huge, important man. to know the, the person. Yeah. The personnel hundred percent. It's so huge. And but I suck to talk to so shit. Like, I wasn't a shit talker. I, I was terrible at that. Did you watch the uh, NYX game with uh, – yeah, probably, you probably didn't watch it. Uh, we played NYX in Vegas. 
uh, we played them. I think it was the last game in the prelims, or mm-hmm. one of the last games, maybe. Yeah. No, it was the second. It was our third match in the prelims. We played NYX. And, dude, I was the last guy alive so many times. And I got double bunkered. I got, dude, and they were just chirping me right in my face, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. And that was just like, a, okay. Yeah, just puff your head, just puff your chest out and just keep your, just keep your shit forward. Just stay in your lane, dude. Mm-hmm. They're just, just don't feed into that game. But what they don't understand is that game makes me play so much better. Yeah. It, like, I've, I've grown up with brothers. I've played sports my whole life. Like, someone punched me in the face, I'm going to attack you. I'm mm. not going to, like, like no, right. dude. Like, I play, I, I almost need something like that to almost wake me up sometimes. But, mm-hmm. dude, yeah. They were just, like, right in my face, just talking so much shit. I was in a one-on-one with uh, whatever, that dude, Harrison. He's a cool guy. But, uh, so, it was, like, it was, like, the, f- so... It was like three points in a row. So uh, the point before that, so the third point, they were talking shit on me. Right. I got, I was literally the last guy alive that many times. I think it was like four in a row. So the third time it happened though, uh, I got, I was the last guy alive and I haven't gotten double bunkered like that in so long. So imagine like someone is in your face three points in a row, your last guy alive, three points in a row, they're in your face talking so much shit. And then all of a sudden they double bunker you and they're just sitting there talking so much shit in your face and your head is ringing and you just start like, motherfucker, dude. So then I go out and I'm like, all right. So I just, I come up off the break. Um, I think I shot the wide guy. We shot him and then I just run up the center. No, we didn't shoot him. He went short. So I went, I saw, I saw him go short. I run up to their Dorito side brick and look inside. One goes, one kill. Two goes, three kills. Uh, shot the back center, four kills. Wrap the wrap it and then shoot the back left. I was like five kills, and then I did the loader dumb shit. <laughs> and then the next point, I'm in a one-on-one with that Harrison dude, and so like I'm already so heated, right? I see it's a one-on-one. We're up by a few points, and there's like a minute left or something like that. We're up by a lot, so mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just gonna trade with them. I just, because I, I see him out in the open, I like head check. I'm like, oh, dude. So I come out, shoot him. And then I come out again to make sure it was like, I was like, he's still shooting at me. And I come out again, he shoots me. And I'm like, okay. And I'm walking off. And then what do you know? He's talking shit in my face. I'm like, you motherfucker. But I, I, I did hit him in the hand. If you see it on like the podcast. And he told me <laughs> after too. He's cool like that. Like, I, I honestly like that, that shit. I, what do you think about him? Um, what's his, is his last name here? Or which one is it? Last name is Harrison. Harrison. Big dude. He's got the white X on his mouth. Hussein? Hussein. Sorry. Yes. That guy. <laughs> Shit. My bad. Hussein. No, dude. I, I like those guys. I, I, uh, I don't take anything in, personal. In general for like the sport. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's a part of the sport, man. Some you can't you can't you people. can't tell people. The thing is, though, the, the, this is the thing, okay. though. You can't tell somebody that they can't or can't carry themselves a certain way or say a certain thing, dude. It's no. fucking sports, man. People are competitive. Yeah, people have spent money to go do this shit, and if you say I can't come up and go fuck you. And we're trying to grow the sport. And dude, we're just, me? This is perfect. How the, many more people watch their matches? Like, this is money, dude. How many more people watched UFC because of Connor? Like, it's a perfect example. It's just like, that's what we need. It's entertainment, like, dude. It gets it gets yeah. the blood flowing. It's like, it's one of those things. It's, you know, if 
I don't think it makes – dude, if you mic up somebody on the field, on a football field or, or on a court or just yeah. in the – you know, they're they're constantly talking shit to each other. It's back and forth. Bullshit. But, yes. I, and, but and the thing is, is like nobody can hear them unless you listen – you watch the mic'd up shit or anything like that. Most of the time you can't hear them. So True. it's like – so it's kind, yeah. they're kind of in their own world where if you go to a paintball field, most of the time – like you can't hear if like if you're in the stands and the guns are going like you can't really hear it unless it's like after the fact or whatever. But right, dude, let the people like I wasn't there something like that. Uh, PB Nation just posted or something about that of like talking shit and if there's something should be done and and what did they say? I don't know. I thought I read. I thought I read something. It's a fucking conspiracy. You I probably no did. I know because I heard something about it after Vegas about them. I I think them cracking down on it. It's like I mean I was just. Literally the victim. Like I was probably the worst <laughs> victim of this entire event, and I'm all for it, dude. Like, um, we're all here just trying to grow the sport. I think it's it's not like it's anything that they're like digging into. Like, I'm glad your mom's dead or some shit. Like, it's like it's, a, mm-hmm. it's not like some deep dark shit. It's like they're just they're just exactly. Talking. So here's here's Maybe? my take on it. Here's my here's my thing. What I think, how I think it should be regulated. Talking shit is perfectly normal. It's a part yeah. of the game, I feel. Um, yeah. I think it should be allowed. If you approach my side of the field, like my um, – if you come towards my pit and you ant- antagonize towards my pit, mm-hmm. that's a penalty. You can Why? talk shit. Here's the thing though. Here, here's the Why? thing because it uh, – if – I'm saying how about this? If they want to regulate it. This is how they should regulate it. And this isn't how I, I – this isn't me saying they should do this. I'm saying okay. if they want to regulate it, right? So okay. if, if, yeah. you, if you come towards my pit and you antagonize or you, you start flipping off, you start fucking you, like, but you're coming towards my pit, penalty. Fucking um, – what do you call it? Uh, encroachment or I don't know, something, whatever it is. You know, call a penalty. But if I'm talking shit and I'm going towards my pit, I'm walking to my pit area. Yeah. I'm walking to my pit area. Huh. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I can. I can say whatever the fuck I want going to my going to my pit. I, I still don't think that should be a penalty. I mean, it's just like it's part of the game. And at the end of the day, like we are all trying to grow the sport and things like that. It's like that's what's gonna do it, man. It's like mm-hmm. that's entertaining. People are gonna stay to watch that. They're not gonna stay to watch you know, impact like the Russians for the 20th time when there's, you know, like, the, like people are going to stay to watch MOX versus yeah. the Russians and beat them at world cup or whatever. Like that was some crazy shit, dude. Like that's, yeah. that's what we need. And honestly, Which... if they want to stay on the field until, you know, if they want to stay on the field until the five second yeah. horn blows, go ahead. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Dude, like, that's, that, they can do that as long as they're not on the field when the horn blows. Yeah. yeah right. Like it, I, unless I'm wrong about a rule, but right. who says you can't be on the field when before the horn? Or, right, right. Yeah, before the horn. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's really taking it upon yourself and you're risking yourself of doing something else, of not focusing on the next point or going right. and getting potted up or wiped off or whatever. Bro, on Sunday, so we played, like I was telling you way earlier in the podcast, we played NYX the first match on Sunday. So they were the wild card, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyways, so they came over to our pit, 
Like it's like the five minute, you know, before the game starts. Right. They come over without their packs on, without their masks on, because they're just like, you know, it's just like the other teams are shaking hands still, mm-hmm. right? So it's in that process, and then they come over and they're talking shit, and I, I literally just look over and I'm like, oh boy, they're scared. Why else would you come over and do that, dude? Like, okay, the only way we're going to beat them at this game is if we get in their heads because that's all we got, boys. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, so it's like yeah. I've never seen that before. And, they're, I mean, they're good players too. They're good players. I think they, they put on a good show. You know, it's like, um, you know, I don't think anything you know, anything against them. I think they're all really good players. I think they're, they're good at antagonizing people too. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I know there's people that, that that shit does get in their head. Yeah, and I, uh, I grew up with that shit being around New York. I, I grew up in New York though, so I grew up with that shit. It's nothing new. Yeah, yeah. it's like dude, you, you, sports you, in general. Just <laughs> gotta know how to take it. Especially one of the uh, that book I was talking about, the Four Agreements. Uh, one of the one of the agreements to yourself is don't take anything personal. And I've never really tried to take anything personal. I know I've struggled with it uh, growing up, but because uh, you always struggle with wanting to be accepted. Right. And acceptance, even if somebody accepts you, like that's not like who cares if they do or they don't. You know what I mean? But everybody wants to be in a tribe. Everybody wants to be in this group. But but take recently, I just haven't been taking anything personal. And it's like because you don't you're not in my head. You don't know me like it's not. So why would I take anything you say or why would I try and impress you in any way when when it doesn't matter? What are the other three? So the other three are um, uh, be impeccative. Um, no, or not impeccative. Uh, is it impeccative with your word? I could be wrong with that. But um, uh, don't take anything personal. Do your best. Be impeccable with your word. I think that's wrong. That might not be right. And then, um, oh, God, the fucking fourth one always gets me. Always do your best. With your word don't take anything personal and you'll have to look it up i can't think of it right now of course i'm on the spot and i can't think of it have, but, you, have you read uh have you read uh thinking grow rich i think i actually have that one you gotta read that man that's by napoleon life. yeah um yeah yeah i have that one that was that's actually on my next book to read Always do your best. Don't make assumptions. Don't, Don't take assumptions. anything personally. Be impeccable with impeccable. your work. <laughs> what the fuck was I saying? You, were, you, were, you said that. Did I say impeccable? Oh, I thought I said yeah, something. You did say impeccable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had it. Don't make so, assumptions. That, yeah, that's don't make assumptions. Huge one. Which is close to don't take anything personally, though. So that I can see yeah, where you're so, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, dude, uh, fucking, it's paintball, man. Paintball's fun, and people are going to talk shit. Some people aren't going to talk at all. But just because they do one or the other, if it's extreme or not, shouldn't change the way you play your game because you're playing your game, not them. Right, exactly. 100%. I agree. And on that, sir, we need to do another po- – I need to I need to <laughs> get going here. But we need to do another one because I, I feel yeah, like I didn't get to dig deep into your into your paintball kind of uh, career or anything. I feel like I don't even just... know what we talked about. I blacked out. See, but the thing is, though, I feel like we just talk about paintball because it's just fun in general to talk about. So yeah, we, sure. have, we have that commonality, and it's just like you yeah, can really course. talk about whatever. I loved it. I like and it. We just talk about anything and everything. I love it. I love, I love it, it too, man. And I love you. I'm glad you're doing well. You too, I'm glad you're healthy. 
Um, nice. I'm glad you're on a team uh, that is uh, successful uh, and yeah, you know, it's it, it it means a lot to see you do well. So uh, yeah, too, seriously, keep growing, bro. Seriously, will do. It's great to see. Yeah, same right, to you, man. Please be safe right. out there doing what you're doing. But all right, have a good one, bud. See ya. Bye. Thank you, LJ, for chatting with me. Great to hear from you, man. I'm glad you're doing safe. I'm glad you're doing well. And, uh, and yeah, that was that was really fun. Uh, again, thank you, everybody. First responders, medical staff, uh, grocery store workers, um, anybody out there that is deemed essential and even non-essential. Please support the local businesses. Buy local. Um, support your neighbors, your family members. Stay inside uh, as much as necessary. Wear a mask. Do everything you can to help prevent uh, this this nasty virus that is going on. And the only way we can do that is by isolating ourselves, but also staying connected in so many ways. And it's it's so easy now. I know it feels so distant, but I think I think there's a lot of perspective that's happening at the moment, and we we just have to recognize that. I feel, and it's it's something that. Man, we might only see this one time in our lifetime. We, we might see more, but perspective is, is huge now. And I, I hopefully we will see how um, essential human contact is when all this is said and done. Yes, we have the Zoom, we have this and that, but actually to be able to, to hug somebody and, 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 and pass the love around uh, physically is so ingrained in being a human being that I, I hope we we don't lose that during this whole thing and we really find out that it's it's very much needed um i'm not trying to be a philosopher or anything i'm just telling you how i'm thinking um but uh because i i do i, I miss seeing people i miss hanging out with my friends i miss seeing you all at uh at paintball fields and 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 seeing how much fun everybody has at events and everything so i just want to have everything get back to normal and have us really appreciate it once it actually does so so yeah so uh thank you everybody out there for doing uh doing your part greatly appreciated thank you for listening to the podcast please if you do have to go anywhere don't text and drive listen to podcasts like this one and uh, and yeah we'll see you again here soon on the playing on podcast peace